Imagine you're driving down the road, dreaming, wondering, where is my life going? Do I have what it takes to be a doctor? Is this what I want to do with my life? I've reached a crossroad. It's time to make a decision. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Crossroads in Medicine podcast. This is Alex joined by Brandon and Ben. And today we're going to continue the conversation on transitioning to third year. We're going to talk about everything from how to succeed in your rotations to studying for shelf exams and then as well as studying for a step two. So welcome back. So essentially you've finished second year and second year was the classroom portion of medical school and now the next two years you'll be uh, out in clinic um, for different people. Your rotations can be in different either outpatient sites, inpatient at different hospitals, but essentially we want to talk about what it's like to actually show up at a rotation. Uh, so Brandon, uh, the first day you show up at a new rotation, do you kind of have an approach that you use? Yeah, and before I start, I'm just gonna just clarify some common terminology because you know there's a lot of new terms and acronyms that we kind of hear throughout our career. So as Alex referred to, the first two years are called um, preclinical years, and those are primarily like academic classroom setting and then as Alex was referring third and fourth year you're out in the real world and that is often referred to as a clinical setting so in terms of the first day approach it kind of depends on how your school has set it up and if you have that contact information but generally I like to have emailed my um, preceptor physician at least a couple of weeks before just let them know like hey I'm coming you know, to be on this rotation with you and, you know, let me know if you need me to wear anything, bring any equipment or anything you want me to prepare. So it's always good just to make sure that on your first day, you know where you're supposed to go, who you're supposed to be with, and maybe a general idea of what your expectations are of like, are you have already supposed to have your hospital badge? Do you know where to park? You know, just generally you want to make sure that your physician's life is easier. You don't want to make any strain on their life. So once you actually get there, you know, of course, get there early. You don't have to get there extremely early. Like, don't get there two or three hours earlier. If anything, that might be annoying. I would say maybe 30 minutes early at most. And, you know, generally, if it's like an outpatient clinic, you're going to have to interact with their, you know, front office staff. So just introduce yourself, be friendly to everyone you meet. You know, at the end of the day, everyone there could be judging you. So treat everyone on as if you were on your best behavior. Same deal if you're in a hospital. You never know who's who. So just generally be nice to everybody and treat everyone how you'd like to be treated. You know, and then eventually you'll be introduced to your physician and... You know, you can go about the approach to be like, what expectations you have for me, or you can kind of let them lead it. But just be a team player, be eager to learn, and just make it seem like you want to be there. Even if you don't, which generally is not the case. But the idea is just, you know, be eager to learn, and that's what you're here to do. So I'll hand it off to Ben and see if he has any tips or tricks for us up his sleeve. Yeah, thank you, Brandon. I love how you mentioned reaching out to your preceptor before the rotation actually begins. You know, one of the things that I found to be very beneficial is just shooting them an email, a call, whatever, you know, before the rotation begins and start establishing that relationship really from the get-go, even before day one. It's been really helpful for me, um, and I feel that 
definitely setting up your expectations, your objectives before you get into the thick of things can really help you guys. So don't stress in this transition from clinical to uh, from preclinical to clinical, as you mentioned earlier, because you're going to do great. Just make sure to do your best and show up and always be eager to learn. Um, another thing that I found has helped me is always uh, being attentive, being at the ready for clinical rotations. Like I would show up and then if my attending and or my resident, whoever I was working with, uh, asked me to do something, I would always say, yes, of course. Like if they ever ask you to have to do something for them or here's your chance to practice some type of clinical skill, always say yes. Don't waste an opportunity that they give you to practice something. Like whether it's a physical exam, any type of skill or technique, always be eager and ready to go. If they say, hey, go do this, go do it, you know? And if it's something you really don't feel comfortable with, if it's your first time, you can say, uh, could you please show me and then I'll do it next time. Uh, but I've always found that trying to get the most hands-on approach as possible and always be ready to go, always be ready to practice everything because every every time, every instance that you're able to practice something is something beneficial to you, right? So I was learning techniques for the first time. I was reading about it. I was discussing with the resident and then they would give me the chance to go and perform it. And I was always say yes, I'd always be ready to go. And ultimately that's going to factor in positively in their evaluation of you and then ultimately in what you can take away from the rotation. So definitely start building your relationship and always be eager and willing to learn, you know, always be on time. Uh, as Brandon mentioned earlier, don't come super early, but make sure you're always early, especially day one. Make sure you're always there from the get-go. You know, there's this uh, this famous adage where it's like first to first to come, last to leave, and that definitely uh, will pay in dividends for you. So always make sure you're on time, you're early, and you're there, ready to learn. And really, it's just your attitude. Like even if it's a specialty that you don't want to go into, so a lot of people they decide what specialty they want to do in medical school and they say, hey, I want to pursue this particular career path. But you're in third year, you're going to be given a broad spectrum of rotations across all specialties. You know, uh, for us, we did family medicine, pediatrics, surgery, uh, psychiatry, you know, you name it. And so even if this isn't a specialty that you really see yourself as going into, this is your chance, uh, you know, probably maybe the only chance you'll get in your life to spend a month in this in this particular practice of shoes, you get to be the pediatrician for one month. You get to try out what this is like and is this really a good fit for me? So even if you know what you wanna go into, I would say my best advice is try it for that month, sincerely live that lifestyle and see if this is really something you wanna go into. And even if you know if it's not, make sure you, you're, you're still eager to learn all you can because ultimately at the end of the day, when you are a physician, uh, you want to know what all these other specialties entail. You don't want to be consulting all these specialties constantly. You want to know what their scope of practice is and how it interacts with you. So really trying your best and learning as much as you can from your rotations, even if it's not something you know you want to go into, will benefit you because you'll know their role in the future and how it relates to yours. So always be eager and it's going to really pay off in the long run when you develop that clinical skill set. I agree. I think when it comes to clinical rotations, I know the first one or your first day at a new rotation, there's a lot of nerves and anxiety, but at the end of the day, they all boil down to the same key factors to success. You know, show up every day there with a good attitude. Show the attending and the people that you want to learn. Befriend all and like make a good camaraderie with between you and the other medical students you're with. You know, you, at the end of the day, you can, you can do stuff in your in your power to foster a good environment. So if you're supportive with the MAs, nurses, other medical students, you're gonna have a good time at your rotation. You know, understand what the attending is expecting of you. So there's a lot of stuff you can do to show up, positive attitude, foster a good environment, 
and you're going to do just fine. Um, I know a big concern a lot of students have is that they get scared or nervous that the attending is going to quote unquote pimp them on a question, ask you something you don't know. Do not be afraid about that. You're there to learn. Any question they ask you is to stimulate your mind, get you thinking, and having you go above and beyond what you've learned in the curriculum. Because one, the big difference from transitioning from the classroom to the clinical is you, you, you see things don't follow a textbook. You're gonna have to be using your judgment skills, you know, doing full physical exams, doing complete histories, thinking outside the box and talking with different doctors in different fields. And you know, you have to think, really, really think about what's going on with the patient. So don't view pimping or anything as a negative, view it as like, hey, this is something I should know. Let me look this up, let me know. Do not be afraid to tell the attending, hey, I don't know. Just tell them, I don't know, I'm gonna look this up and I'll get back to you. Cause that's what you're there, you're a student and you are there to learn mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah, so when he was referring to pimping questions, just for some clarity here, uh, if you've ever been on any online forums or anything, you'll see people reference the questions that you get asked on a rotation as pimping. And so that's an acronym, uh, P-I-M-P, it's like put in my place. Uh, So it it sort of refers to this practice where the physician will ask you a question and it'll be a hard question. It'll be like, oh, it's something I don't know. Uh, But this really depends. Um, I've had several preceptors that will ask you harder questions to easy questions. It's really kind of a range. And the best way you can defend yourself against this and be prepared is to just study and study up the night before. Like if you're on a rotation like surgery, you're going to want to look up those cases before you go in. Know the anatomy like the back of your hand and really maximize your chances of getting the question. But let's say you're get you're in a you're in a situation where your your doctor asks you a question. It's a question you don't know. I found the best approach to be here is to say uh, I don't know this question right now, but I will read about it and I will look it up. And a lot of physicians will really appreciate the fact that you're willing to learn and willing to look it up. Uh, in fact, you can even present about it if they allow you further on in the day or next day in rounds, and you can really impress them by how much you've learned about it. So don't don't take any question as a negative. Always view it as a way to enhance your learning and to expand your knowledge. Even if you don't know the question right away, if you don't have the answer on your tip of your tongue, always turn it, transform that bad situation of you being scared and getting a question wrong into a strength. So turn that fact that, oh, I don't know this question into, oh, hey, let me look it up, let me present it to you, let me keep learning, and your preceptor will see that and see that you appreciate learning, that you're a lifelong learner, that you're always ready to present, that you're gonna say, hey, I don't know this right now, but I'd really love to look it up and get back to you. Either they'll tell you the answer to the question that they were asking you and they want you to learn, or they'll let you look it up for them, and that'll be a great learning opportunity for you. And a lot of times those questions stick with you, so it's not always the questions you get right, that you remember sometimes it's like even most of the time it's questions you get wrong and that'll help you in learning in the future and ultimately being a better doctor so i would say approach every situation even one where you're getting getting heavily asked questions as a learning opportunity and what can i do to maximize my value in the rotation so hopefully the physician is asking you questions if they're not you need to be asking questions so approach all the cases with an effort to learn um, always be engaged And that'll just go a long way to facilitate your learning. So in previous episodes of the podcast, we discussed how you can do questions and how you can engage yourself and start teaching and learning in these rotations. Uh, But a good way here is interaction with your doctor and 
uh, your preceptor just really asking questions and answering their questions and being more involved. So I really want to say never give up an opportunity to present, never give up an opportunity to learn from a question, and everything is just another step to improve yourself. So don't take it personally and always try like strive to better yourself. Yes. And um, in terms of rotations, different places will require, different rotations have different expectations of what they expect you to do. Some will expect you to do procedures, like you may be on OBGYN rotation and be expected to, you know, carry out some pap smears or assist in deliveries. Um, it's really going to vary depending on the doctors, the office, the hospital. But across the board at every pr uh, rotation, you will be expected to interview and present patients. So you go into the room, introduce yourself, take a history, do your physical, come up with an assessment and plan, and you'll either be a, a presenting it during rounds and with an audience of people, of doctors and residents, to a resident or what have you. So one of the good things going into third, your first rotation, is kind of having in your head the approach you're gonna use to present patients. So, uh, Brandon, do you have like a typical approach you like to use? Yeah, so it, you know, it varies a little bit between what specialty you're rotating in, but generally, let's say an FM or IM rotation, I like to, you know, talk to the patient as if they're just, you know, another person or family member that I want to be very friendly and formal with. So, of course, you know, you introduce yourself. You let them know that what your role is and how you fit into the, the team and try to assess of why they're here, what issues are bothering them, and what can you do to help. And of course, you don't want to, you know, get everything in between like social history and medications, allergies, surgeries, anything pertinent to the examination. But generally, you just want to make the patient feel heard and get as much information as possible. That way you are able to make the most accurate assessment and form your plan the in the best possible way before your attending or resident physician actually speaks to the patient. And if you, you know, have issues talking to people where you feel nervous, you know, you can always try, you know, doing mock cases with your friends or, you know, just doing things that distract you or finding common connections with these patients. Because, you know, at the end of the day, they're human just like you you are and you know you're a human as well so try to find mutual connections and you know it's all really about the art of medicine rather than the science when it comes to this right so the standard presentation uh, it does vary based on specialty and even based on attending so certain preceptors will like a more short and, short and sweet presentation some will like a longer presentation but uh, typically, before you, before you go into your third year, what I think everyone should know is really just the general outline of a presentation. So it's going to start with subjective, where you go into like the history of present illness, go into review of systems, where you ask any pertinent uh, systems-based questions, like any symptoms they might be having. Uh, then you do like past medical history, past surgical history, any allergies, any social history, any family history. And this is just all the subjective uh part of the interview that you're asking the patient. And then you're gonna to wanna to tell the, the, the physician or the preceptor the objective findings, so SOAP, S-O-A-P, the O is objective. So the O is gonna be vitals, what your physical exam findings were, any pertinent labs or imaging. The A is gonna be your assessment or your you reiterate what's going on. 
and the P is going to be your plan. So how are you going to treat for this patient moving forward? And this SOAP, this SOAP note layout, is pretty much how you're going to be presenting. And um, I found in my rotations that giving a very thorough presentation off the bat and then tailoring it to how they want in the future is beneficial. But when you give your first presentation to like a new physician, you really want to go all out and really impress them and all the, all the information that you've gathered from the patient, that rapport that you've built. So definitely follow that SOAP outline. Uh, in your presentations and you'll definitely go far. Yeah, I definitely agree. At start off with a very thorough presentation, cover all your bases, and then you know different attendings and residents will tell you like, hey, I like the long format or we'll keep it short. Like you'll notice like depending like if you're in a hospital or not, a lot of times if a patient is a recurring patient that you've been seeing like every day for two to three weeks, you know, they, uh, they like an interval history. So, it just really depends. But uh, another big thing is, I, I know there's a lot of anxiety where you can feel like, hey, you know, this patient doesn't want to see a medical student, or, you know, you feel like, oh, you're, you, you know, you're taking up their time, like they want to see the doctor, might be anxious. And I just kind of want to, you know, say a lot of patients actually have a very positive response to medical students. So there is definitely, we have like a role in the healthcare system, and we can make a difference in the patient's healthcare. You know, you'll see as you go out, a lot of patients, they might even tell you, you know, a lot of doctors could be busy, you know, they don't have the same amount of time to evaluate the patient that a student can, so a lot of them, you know, they'll be like, hey, you know, you're, you're actually talking to me, I really appreciate this, I value your role in the system. Um, do you have like a general approach that you've used with patients, Brandon, or? You know, I don't know if I have the cookie-cutter approach of, you know, how I attempt to talk to patients. But generally, like I said earlier, I try to, you know, treat them as if I was a family member or a friend. I just try to be as personable as possible and find mutual connections with the patient to have them open up and maybe tell them things, tell me things that they wouldn't normally say to maybe a physician. The idea is that you want the patient to be heard and ideally they should be talking I think in my opinion more than you are and you're talking is solely purpose is to guide them into leading you to information that could future in the future to help them you know get treatment plans and such so the idea is just to get any printer information and form a nice mutual connection with the patient so I don't know if that's the exact cookie cutter approach but Generally, that's how I like to go about it. So I don't know. Some people might vary, vary have a more structured approach, but I kind of treat it more as a more. Yeah. For yeah, for sure. I'm I'm great that you put that. I, I really like that you put that in. Um, I think my approach, generally speaking, is I'm just very upfront and honest with the patient. You know, I always introduce myself. Hey, I'm student doctor so and so, and then I let them know that I'm going to be doing a checkup on them, or I'm going to be gathering some information from them. You know, we, I'm going to be asking them some questions before their physician can come and see them, or their physician is like, you know, they're they're with other patients, or I'm checking on them before they come in, and it really, uh, I think for the patients it really provides peace of mind knowing that oh this is a medical student but they're seeing me ahead of the doctor getting here so I'm getting extra care and the patients really like having more care they like talking to the medical students at that point usually I've encountered um, some patients don't want to speak with medical students that's fine don't take it personally if that does occur but generally I've seen 
the vast majority of patients have been receptive when you just introduce yourself and say, I'm part of the healthcare team and I'm just here to check on you and I'm here to t get some questions before the doctor can come in and see you and I'm just gonna communicate to them what you told me and I'm just gonna facilitate uh, the delivery of your care. So knowing that you're there for them, you're on their side and you're just seeing them before the doctor has a chance to see them and you're getting more in their chart for them. So knowing that you're really working for them and that you're just trying to speed up the process and get the doctor all the information they need before they even walk in the room. And they'll be really grateful when you explain that to them and they'll be very receptive to being examined by you and presenting, uh, get you know, and interacting with you and talking about their history. So that's how I felt has been the best approach to breaking down those barriers. Some patients, no matter what, they don't want to see a student, but most patients will see a student when you communicate with them that, hey, I'm a student, but I'm just seeing you ahead you know I'm getting you ready for the doctor I want to know what's going on I want to help you I want to do the best I can and I'm going to talk to the doctor before they even come and see you just to let them know what's been going on with you so any complaints you have any concerns please tell me so I can tell them before they see you and they'll come in with that knowledge ahead of time and most patients will really really appreciate that and I thought that was a really great point because I found that using the approach of telling the patient hey you're gonna actually end up getting extra care really makes them happy about seeing a medical student and oftentimes the medical student exam at least the history portion would be even more thorough than what an attending would ask so I feel like you know bringing up that point that hey I'm a medical student I'm gonna be asking you some more detailed questions and presenting to my attending really helps you know ease them into seeing a medical student. Yeah, I think the biggest concern is, oh, the patient is thinking, if I'm being evaluated by a medical student, am I being cared for adequately? Will the doctor come? And I think just in your introduction, addressing all those concerns and, and telling them that, hey, I'm, I'm the medical student, I'm going to be checking you out, but the physician will come. I'm just going to try to get as much information as possible before they show up to take care of you, is the really the best case scenario. They'll really respond really well to that. So I would try that approach uh, with all my third year rotations and just keeping the patient informed and letting them know that, that hey they're getting extra care they're being evaluated by a medical student and then by another physician so you're really just there to expedite that and take as best care of them as you can right yeah you know don't be intimidated by talking to the patient because you know this is like you know you're getting to do what you want to do like we're in the field to help people we're there to talk to them and that you know just explain to them you're there to look out for their best interest you know you're trying to get as much information out of them so that you can present them properly to the doctor and help them get the best care possible because that's ultimately the goal everyone's in the healthcare team together and we're all looking out for the patient um so another topic a lot of people have about third year which we kind of mentioned in our last podcast is like while you're spending time in clinic and you know getting to do all these different procedures interact with patients um you still do take exams that are known as shelf exams so uh, shelf exams are essentially end of subject exams. So let's say um, you are, you're in a surgery rotation, your surgery block. Um, once you have finished your rotations with that subject, um, your school gives you uh, some type of exam, whether it be, you know, some schools use exams that they make themselves, other schools use the national, you know, med, like MD, the NBME exams, or DO schools use the COMAT, which is the MBOME exams, but it's essentially end of subject exams. So um, you, throughout your rotations, you should be studying for these exams. Um, so, uh, Brent, do you have like a particular approach that you use to studying for these exams? Yeah, so let's say 
you're on a particular subject such as internal medicine and you're you know going into rounds and seeing patients every day of course you're learning you know through the clinical experience but at the same time you have to be studying through the different you know um, softwares so I tend to use uh, UWorlds but there's also you know different ones such as TrueLearn on uh, for Comats so on those settings such as UWorld they typically have like a shelf exam subdivider so you'd be able to click like internal medicine questions only or let's say you're on psychiatry do psychiatry questions only so I would try to do you know um, well actually I would try to divide the number of days you know on my rotation and how many questions there were and figure out how many questions I want to do per day so you know, let's say there's 340 questions and you calculate how many days your rotation are if you do 20 questions a day so I would make sure, you know, try to meet those minimums. All right, I'm doing 20 questions a day in addition to this rotation. So that can be a bit tricky depending on how demanding the rotation is. So you might have to do questions in between patients, or you might be lucky enough to have enough time at the end of the day to do all those questions at home. So that really depends on you know, your schedule, but you really want to make sure you're learning during the questions and preparing for these exams. So, you know, there's also additional resources that vary a little bit for um, the clinical years. I know online MedEdit is pretty popular. There's also uh, Boyds and Beyond, which just uh, released a clinical uh, course. So it really varies on what source you like. So I try to do some content review questions in addition to the rotation. And keep in mind at the same time while you're doing that, you're actually preparing for step two and level two, which is basically just the clinical application of what you just learned in step one in a different board setting. Yes, there's a lot of good resources out there. Um, a lot of times, you know, you'll be commuting to the hospital or back home, or you can be driving. And for step two, I've noticed in particular, and even the shelf exams, there's a lot of like podcasts and online resources that you can just kind of casually listen to in the car. Um, I used one called Divine Intervention. He has for all the shelves and step exams, and you can just listen, um, like whenever you're driving. Um, there's a source called Emma Holiday. She has a YouTube series that discusses um, the tips and tricks for all the shelf exams. Um, another one I used was Doctor High Yield. So essentially, like I would just listen to these podcasts whenever I'm, you know, have a chance to or whatever, review them, and then just do questions. And I think you should be, you know, I think you'll have all the tools in your kit to be successful on the shelf exams. So the shelf exams are a little different than the board exams. Uh, refer to our earlier podcast if you want to learn about preparation for the board exams. But for me, for the shelf exams, um, it's really just this big exam at the end of a, of a rotation. Once you complete that particular discipline, you'll have an exam over that subject. And like everyone has been mentioning earlier, I think that the biggest thing is uh, really just doing as many questions as you can. You know, for me, I did questions in between uh, patients and clinic after the clinic. So different specialties are going to have different schedules. Uh, for me, surgery was one of the hardest schedules in terms of time commitment, but it'll vary depending on what rotation you're on, and always be looking for a chance to look up what you're seeing in the rotation. So if you encounter a terminology, a patient condition that you're not fully aware of or that you're lacking in some form of information, just keep looking it up, uh, keep using those sources. And if you have time in between the patients, 
look up, uh, do some questions, look up that information. And I found that was helpful for supplementing my studying. And that's what really helped me to take those shelves. Uh, like people have mentioned earlier, definitely UWorld uh, has been a great resource in that regard for questions, up to date, uh, and various YouTube channels um, that were mentioned earlier, like Emma Holiday and Dr. High Yield and several others have great content that can help you in preparing for that. But it's just kind of something that you can do on your own time or in between patient encounters um, that'll help prepare you for that shelf because you want to get the highest performance uh, that you can and get the most questions right. Definitely pass and definitely get the highest score possible on those shelves uh, at the end of each subject discipline. But you'll have several of those per year. And again, as we've said in earlier episodes, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So just really stick with it. And as much as you can do those questions and do that content, and that'll really pay in dividends for step two because uh, step two tests some similar questions and content to what you've been doing in the shelf. So really your third year is all a preparation for step two. So kind of like how first and second year, how you were preparing for step one, doing that extra content, you're gonna be doing the same year three and preparing for uh, step two, if that makes sense. All right, everyone, we wanna thank you so much for listening to us. We uh, hope this podcast was helpful in uh, getting you ready for third year. And thank you all for listening and we'll see you on the next podcast. All right, see you all later. Thank you, everyone. See you on the next one.